What's going on, guys? First of all, thank you first and foremost for taking the time to come check out the episode today. I hope it's an encouragement to you. And if you would, do a couple things. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you would, please subscribe to the channel. Thank you to everyone who is a subscriber. Thank you to everybody who comments and likes and all that good stuff. It really does help um, further what we're trying to do here and push the gospel out to as many people as we possibly can. And if you're listening to this on Apple, I've said it before and I'll say it again because I want to continue to grow what we're doing here because I do feel like this is what the Lord has called me to do. If you're listening to this on Apple, scroll all the way down, um, rate it, review it, give it five stars if it's something that you feel led to do. And I very much appreciate it. This episode today, I think, is very important because in, in a society where we're seeing the demas demasculization of men and a time where we're really trying to push real godly Christian men aside and act like they're not important. These topics that me and Gabe talk about today touch on a lot of those those different aspects of what we're seeing in society. Um, Gabe is doing, and we get into it in the episode, he's doing a men's conference. I don't even really know if you could call it a conference. It's more of like a training session. There's, he's going to have different speakers there and different men training you to be more of a godly Christian man. So um, I'm going to put all the links to everything that he's doing, his website, the dates of the the training sessions that he's having in uh, Tennessee. Uh, you can click on those. I'm going to make it as easy for you guys as possible to check it out. So hopefully this episode is a blessing and an encouragement to you. God bless you guys. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Contact Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Call Tact Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones. This is the first time that you're tuning in. Thank you so very much for just giving me your time. I, I, just the ability to be able to speak um, to whoever's listening to this, I'm extremely grateful. And that's something that I'll never downplay or belittle the fact that you take the time to spend with me here. Hopefully, this conversation will be an encouragement to you. Um, I'm excited about this, this conversation today because I think this is a topic that is um, extremely necessary for us to talk about something that's very prevalent in today's day and age. Um, and so today I'm very excited to have my friend Gabe on. He's just to give you a little bit of his background. He's an entrepreneur. You know, he's a business owner. He's a speaker. He's a men's coach. But the main thing that we're going to be talking about today, um, he's the founder of Freeman Forge Men's Events and Coaching Networks. So we're going to get into all that, what all, you know, that entails in a minute. But um, I just want to introduce my friend Gabriel Alexander to the podcast. How you doing today, man? Oh, man, thank you so much for, for having me, the hospitality, and what an intro, man. I'll take that every time if you can give it to me. I just need to have you come with me everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we can make that happen. We can make that happen. Let's do it, man. Private jets and all. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for uh, taking the time to come on today. Absolutely, man. It's a privilege and a pleasure. I've been following your page for a while. Obviously, I think I found you actually through my good friend David over at Spiritually Dangerous and he's oh, been yeah, sharing yeah, yeah. some of your content. I've known David for 20 years. And so I started following and uh, I think we connected, we connected what, probably two months ago now just on the yeah. phone or something. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here. I feel blessed, man. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, uh, David, me and him, actually, we had a conversation yesterday. We talked on the phone. He's he's a good dude. Um, yeah. That's one thing that I've been very thankful that the Lord's allowed me to meet several different strong Christian men that yeah. have like come around me and they've helped me grow in my faith and my walk. And so I'm very thankful for that. If, if I don't get anything else out of these, these things that I'm doing, I'm thankful for the relationships. Of them. And so, um, like I said, we're going to get into everything that you're doing with the uh, men's events and things like that. But before we do any of that, I do something on here. Anytime I have a guest called the big three. And so this is just three off the wall, random questions just to get the ball rolling. So you ready? Let's rock and roll, man. All right. So question number one, if you were in a cook off, what would your dish be? I got to go with red meat, man. I don't know how to cook anything else. Give me fire and meat and a stick to hold over the fire. And I'm there, set. There you go. <laughs> you don't want me in the there kitchen, baby. My kids will tell you I make a disaster of the place. Fire yeah, extinguisher handy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So question number two, if you could be on a stage with a band or artist for one song, what would the band be and what would the song be? Oh my goodness, man. I see. Yeah, that's you got to keep, you got to keep the gloves up with this stuff. Honestly, man, I, I will, I will give, here's the best answer I can give. I'm so picky within music that I can appreciate every single genre, but I've never found an artist, not one 
where I've liked every single song on an entire yeah. record. And yeah. having been in the music industry for a decade, managing artists, you know, all that, it's like I have had such an overload. Um, there was a, there was an act I managed in the past called the Fame Riot, which is one of the coolest artists that I've ever worked with and represented for their brand. I signed them to Sony a number of years ago. I think it was 2016. And they were perhaps the most fun act I have ever seen. I'm talking leotards, sparkles, and just yeah. crazy stuff. It's like a hair band from the 80s got thrown into today's pop world. So I'll go with the fame riot. There you go. There yeah. you go. What's what's this what's the uh, what would the song be? The the one that we did on the radio, the one that had radio play was called Heart Stray. You can find yeah. it on Spotify, stuff like that. To be fair, they've got a treasure trove of stuff that is unreleased. I keep texting them, begging them, guys, please release more music. We please do yeah. they, they stopped in twenty twenty during the whole thing to kind of take a break. Yeah. But they have this just treasure trove of stuff that I'm just dying for the world to hear but yeah. i gotta leave it up to them it's their business yeah 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 i guess so <laughs> yeah. yeah can't you can't uh want more for somebody than they want for themselves absolutely but, man they'll yeah. get there yeah all right so uh question number three rambo or rocky rambo man rambo gotta go with rambo wouldn't take nothing I mean, off of nobody <laughs> yeah 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 you're right about that i mean you can't go wrong with either of them i'm a big i'm a big stallone fan so What's your yeah. favorite Stallone movie? Uh, I, I mean, I love the Rocky movies. If if I was to pick, if if somebody asked me what my favorite movie was, I'd say Rocky. And you know, well, if somebody said which one, I'm like, just put one on. You know, I, I love all of them. I mean, yeah. well, five was a little hard to to watch a little bit. The Street Fight, you know. You know, I didn't actually see that one, but it's funny you bring up Rocky because I've been talking so much lately. People have been asking me, what's the one big thing I need to do with my life? What's the one big thing? And I never, it didn't even click until just now when you said Rocky. But what stands out about Rocky, now that I think about it, is Rocky, especially the first one, it shows the power of an, of an irrevocable decision. The date is out there. The fight is out there. You ain't got no choice. Now mm. it's time to go get ready for the fight, and you show up ready and make amazing stuff happen. That's way cool. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. And, and two, like when right before the fight, Rocky goes, I can't remember if I, I believe it was in the first one. It might have been the second one where he kind of walks in the arena and mm -hmm. he's just kind of looking around. And he's in there by himself. And it's almost like in that moment, he's like, how did it even get to this point? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. here we are. And, um, you know, that that might be where and I mean, this word just might be for somebody who's listening right now. You could be feeling that way in your life that how did it even get to this point? Well, just look at what has got, God has been doing in the the little moments in your life because the little moments equal up to the big moments you're not just going to go from zero to 100 right away you know what absolutely. i'm saying absolutely absolutely so um yeah if you want to just you can just uh jump into a little bit i know you talked about the music stuff a little bit if you want sure. to just give like a little brief summary of kind of your background the things that you were into and then we'll we'll go into it from there cool cut me off if i get going too long because man i can tell a story but <laughs> no you're no, good go ahead my background just i was the first of five boys I was, my parents were pastors. My dad was a minister for 35 years. My mom, of course, right along with him, you know, the church world. It's you get two for the price of one with pastor yeah. couples. Uh, but my mom was actually an author and she still is to this day. She's constantly authoring. She works with women. She's a champion for the homeschool movement and has been for a great number of years. Uh, actually, she saw what was kind of coming down the pike with the public school system a very, very long time ago. She read an incredible book that just kind of switched her on, and she decided with me, I'm not giving him to the school system. I'm going to raise him at home. Mm -hmm. So we were all homeschooled. My mom used to write for the old schoolhouse magazine. She actually has a book called uh, Born to Lead, Unlocking the Leader Within Your Child. And so that's really the environment that I grew up in, raised very much outside the box, Raised very entrepreneurial. You don't have to do the nine to five thing. You don't have to do what is normal. You don't have to go to school. You can shape your destiny, you know. And so I was very blessed to kind of grow up in that environment. But um, you know, growing up in the church and it meant we moved a lot. We moved all over the country. I've lived internationally twice in Australia. Um, I've been around the globe a number of times. You know, ministry trips and and seeing whatnot. So I had I've had the privilege to see the world and really see a lot of things that most people don't get to see in their entire lifetime. By the time I was about 20 years old, uh, went into full-time ministry at the age of 19, spent a lot of that time working with youth and, you know, other things like public speaking, but, uh, and all that leadership training, all, you know, showing up first, being there last, you're always involved in music and teaching and speaking, and you just kind of get used to being in front of people, communicating to people. Um, but then also my parents really beat into us <laughs> for lack of a better term just impacting other people's lives and how important relationships are. 
And um, so I've really been always a relational individual, but, and I think growing up, and this is all leading to how I ended up doing what I'm doing now with men, because that's really my focus, is growing up in that sea of testosterone, I was very, very comfortable around men. My parents encouraged my masculinity. They encouraged yeah. us to be wild, to have fun with it, to, you know, within reason, obviously, but sure. for boys to be boys and for us to really embrace that role. And so I grew up in that and I kind of always had a craving for it. So after I, I went into full-time ministry, I got married at the age of 20 and, uh, and actually just celebrated 18 years last month. I've been married 18 oh, man, years. It's crazy, crazy. Awesome. And two kids later, 13 and nine, two girls. Um, but I started coaching. I actually started coaching high school basketball. I graduated and went back or, you know, whatever graduation is for a homeschooler, but yeah. went back and I was coaching boys basketball. And at the high school, my, my high school basketball coach, the high school I played at asked me to come and coach. And all of a sudden it just sort of, it just sort of fit for me. And it wasn't just the coaching aspect. I found that what I really enjoyed more than anything is seeing the transformation that takes place in a young man from the beginning of the season to the end. And I lived in a place where, you know, I was, or at least I was coaching in a place where it was a pretty well-to-do city. You know, everybody is, drives a nice car. The kids are getting BMWs yeah. for their 16th birthday. And so needless to say, a number of the guys were a little bit soft around the edges. Yeah. And so being able to take a guy from, I'm not able to get pushed around and take it to, he's coming out of the middle of the game with his braces, you know, he's been bashed against his lip. He's got blood coming out of his mouth and he's just like, did I do it? Well, it's like, yes, you did it. Well, you know, it just, it fired me up to see guys go from boys to really young men by the end of a season. And I just kind of fell in love with that process. And, uh, I remember actually being somewhere between 17, 20 years old. And I'll never forget. My mom sent me an article that said, uh, you know, up and coming careers you need to consider. She actually sent me a cutout of something that said, yeah. uh, life coaching. And, I looked at it and I went, man, that sounds amazing, but who would ever hire me to tell them what to do with their life? And so what I'm doing now, I kind of knew for 20 years that I was supposed to do, but I ignored that call on the inside for so long. Mm. And by the time, you know, it was time to do it, I just didn't really recognize it anymore. And so yeah. being in the church young, I experienced some of the darker stuff of the church, some of the, you know, the church wars that can go on and splits. And I was in ministry when I experienced a church split and I really kind of went away from that whole thing. And I went into rock and roll and yeah. I started managing artists and I fell in love with it. I started in 2009 and I found that I was really good at it really quickly. And I think within the first six months of managing an artist. I had them on a stage in front of 15,000 people at the Tacoma Dome, just south wow. of Seattle uh, yeah. for an event. And so I was good at making relationships and making connections and, and moving things. And meanwhile, I had started my first company when I was 19. It's a service company in Washington state. It still operates. I just don't do anything with it. So it pretty much does its own thing yeah. and uh, it's a machine of its own. And so you know, I, I always had a knack for business, but also an affinity for male relationships. Even the artists that I managed were all men and or all guys. And uh, and I really felt like that was where I was supposed to be in the long term until 2020 kind of snapped everything for me. And I can dive into that if you really want. I know I'm giving you a long answer. Is this OK? You want me to keep going? No, yeah, you're good. Yeah, go great. Ahead. Great. So 2019, I went through some of the cancel culture stuff. Yeah. And uh, some people found out that one of my clients said his book kind of accidentally went number one on Amazon. Oh, wow. uh, that we had him do. And someone found out he had done the book and then, you know, all your shows are canceled. You're off the radio. All we're re we're refunding your tickets to point of purchase. You're all bigots, you know, because we don't agree with, you know, burning things down because you're upset and, and no, I'm not going to just tow the political line that people tend to tow up in the Seattle area. I have my yeah. convictions and beliefs and that's where I'm going to stand. And so late 2019, it was actually Christmas week, 2019 that happened. And I was just sitting there going, what do I do next? I don't know what to do. I, meanwhile, I've been coaching people on their businesses for years, men and women, um, helping people grow their companies who had been asking me, why do you have so much free time to be with your family? And, and that's what I'd been doing. But then I, so I've got a company, it's operating. I, a 10 year career just ended. I'm not gonna be able to jump back into it most likely. What do I do next? And then 2020 rolled around and the Rona was rolled out 
And I mean, you know, I, we don't have to get too deep into it today, but I was one of those people I heard, I was sitting on the couch when, when I heard it, I looked at the wife, I go, you know, this is garbage, right? And she's like, yeah, this is nonsense. And so from day one, we were extremely non-compliant, um, which is not going to go over well, especially up in the Northwest. Yeah. And I just, I was filled with this, almost this righteous anger for lack of a better term, looking around and going, are, have you, all of you people, one, lost your minds? And then two, where are the men who are willing to stand up for themselves? Like I was sitting there going, you, you're telling me to close my business? Yeah, that's not going to happen. You don't get to dictate whether I can feed my family. You don't get to dictate whether I'm essential or not. I'm not doing that. I'm not participating. And I actually had hired a coach to work with me at the time. I signed a contract with a coach, man. I signed a contract with a coach to pay him for like a hundred grand to coach me for a year on growing my businesses in life. I'm already scared out of my mind. I woke up in the middle of the night after you know signing it. My heart's just pounding in my chest. The next day I get up and they say all businesses must close. <laughs> like imagine that. Like I just signed a contract I can't get out of. Now my company has to close. And I was just venting to my coach and he said, Gabe, this is the moment. You know, I'd been venting to him saying, I don't know what my vision is. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know mm -hmm. how to do this. I don't know what's next for me and what I'm called to. Right. And it was, it was this catalyst moment that really got me to ask the question, what, one, why have I abdicated hearing from God for myself as to what my calling is? Why am I relying on all these outside sources to tell me what I need to do? I need to learn to listen to the voice inside of me that's pulling me towards something. And then also recognizing what the world needed so bad. And really, I looked at it and went, we need strong men. But the problem with strong men is they have to be made by men. Women don't mm -hmm. make men. They raise boys, but men make men. Right. And you know, no matter what sort of data you want to look at, when a father is in the home, when a father is present, when there's a father figure there, it makes a difference on every single level, top to bottom. And so really, it hit me really hard in going, men aren't men, but it's because they have not been fathered. And I think that we all at some level find the biggest part of our purpose in the pain of our past because we've been through something that we didn't know how to get through ourselves. And then when we found victory in it, we want to reach back and help our former self and go, I want to help you find the solution that I That's found. Good. Yeah. And so I was sitting there going, med need fathering because – one, I mean, you've got broken homes everywhere. And I mean, yeah. look, a lot of people have been divorced. That's, that's not to, to condemn anybody. It happens. But even for men that are in the home, most men in this world are not fathering their children. We've stepped off the throne of life. We've abdicated responsibility for raising our children to the school system. We've abdicated understanding of our health to white lab coats and name tags, understanding of food. We don't even read the labels. We don't understand money. So we just go, oh, I'll just go to a job for the rest of my life. We've completely abdicated responsibility for so many things in our lives, but that has been shown to us. Men are not raising their children yeah. anymore. And yeah. for me, I was a guy who I have a great relationship with my father. But the issue was for me is that if you got a plumber father, he's not going to teach you electrician work so well. Some level you hit the ceiling of what your natural father can teach you about life. And I was in that place in my mid 20s just going, I, I don't know what to do. I feel like my dad raised me well, but who do I follow? Who can I listen to? Who can show me the next level of things? And so I'd been aching for that on the inside, even with a good father who taught me good things. And it really filled me with compassion for men that had never been taught how to fend for themselves, how to fight for themselves, how to hear from God for themselves, how to handle their money. And I just knew that if I could give anything to the world, especially with where we're at, that would be it. And that's yeah. how I ended up here. Well, I'll say this. That's, just in the short time that we've known each other, you, you said something to me. We've only had one conversation. We, we talked on the phone a couple of minutes ago, just cause you were telling me, you know, I'll be home, you know, whatever time, but we had a uh, FaceTime a while back or a zoom call, whatever. And you said something to me that the Lord had already been kind of dealing with me in that way. And, but then when you said it now, it's something that in my mind, I'm trying to push forward in my own life. And it was, mm -hmm. You were, you, we were talking about prayer and we were talking about vision and we were talking about things that I was kind of relaying to you a calling that I feel like God has placed on my life. And you told me um, something to the effect of too many people are just trusting God for the $150 or $300 you need to, to pay your house payment for that month. Yeah. 
but you're like, I, I, if you want to see bigger things from God, you need to ask him for bigger things. You know what I'm saying? And that's so true because God can only work inside of the belief that you have for him. So if you have this tiny little box that you say, I only trust God this much, he's going to do all that he can, but just inside that box that you are holding him into. And I don't want my life to be, I don't want to get 40 and 50 and 60 years old. And I'm like, I had God in this tiny little box for so long and I didn't let him get out and I didn't reach the things that he placed me on this earth to do, the things that he has called me to do. And I want to to take advantage of every single opportunity that he has for me in this life. And anybody that's listening to this right now, you should be saying that in your own life. Like, yeah, I want to reach any possibility that God has for me in this life. I want it. And I want to take full advantage of it. And Satan tries to take those things away. You first of all, can't even see the vision. And then, but then when you see it, it seems like it's so unattainable that you can never get there. And, and like you said, about how men need to be taught. You hear so much, or at least I've been hearing over the last couple of years, is just be a man, you know, just be a man. But like you said, if if you're not being taught and, and somebody tells you just be a man, you're like, well, how do I, how do I, I understand that you're saying be a man, but how do I do that? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what would you, what would you say to that? I think we have to redefine what that means. I mean, when most people think about what well, be a man, well, it typically means be tough, don't complain, don't share your emotions, don't share your feelings. Now, I'm not someone who's for guys just constantly spilling over every emotion. I think at some level you right. have to control that and for channel sure. it in the right direction. But when we look at what society is doing right now, we look at we look at the sinful society that we live in. There's a reason that we see feminists marching in the street with their pink hats. There's a reason that we see a rejection of authority of police and of the law. Well, why? Because it comes down to the worship of self. Mm. And it's not just a casting off of the police or restraint. It's a casting off of authority because mm -hmm. people want to be their own God. And so really what they're doing is they're, every TV show you watch, it's, it's you know, the dad is some idiot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's because we're rejecting yeah. authority because we don't want to submit ourselves to God. And that's ultimately what it is. This is not a rejection of the police. It's not a rejection of, of fathers. It's not a rejection of masculinity. It's a rejection of God because everything that we're seeing in our society is all about self-worship. We, we think the Antichrist is something out there. My dad used to say, no, 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 the Antichrist is right here, the flesh. It's what we allow to, to lift its head up above the authority of God. And when we do that, we're rejecting him. And so I think we have to go to to recognizing that from the very beginning of scripture, it says that he made them in his image. And that really means that we're supposed to be a reflection of our maker. The creation reflects the creator. Mm -hmm. And if we're, to re if we're to reflect the creator, we have to look at who the creator is and go, then that's what that means. God is kind, but he's also a warrior. Jesus was meek and mild, but he also fashioned the whip, a whip in the parking lot of a megachurch and went in and started cracking off. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so we, we have to remember that that we are supposed to emulate who made us and why we were made that way. And yeah. I hope that answers the question, but yeah, we got re to redefine it. That that's that is the model. That's the mm -hmm. plumb line of truth that we have to live according to. Yeah, it's it's been watered down so much. You know, that, that's what I'm seeing. A lot of things that are happening in society today is because there's too many weak men. We're just allowing these things to come in and happen. And then when things get worse and worse and worse, just because we've allowed um, compromise, just we'll, we'll just give just a little bit. But now it's just like Satan in this world doesn't stop with just a little bit. If you give them a little, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a foot, you know. And so it's just... Um, drawing that line in the sand and saying, okay, no, we're going to stop now. You know, we're pushing forward with kingdom agenda. Going back to Genesis, there's order in everything that God does. And throughout scripture, the thing that God has really been pressing on my mind and my heart here recently is just the fact that the dominion that we have that Satan tries to steal from us. Mm -hmm. If you look throughout scripture, all throughout scripture, it talks about how God created the world. I, th I believe it's Psalm chapter eight. I want to say Psalm eight, verse three. Where he said, where it says, "What is man that you are mindful of him? But you have made us a little lower than heavenly beings, and you have given us dominion over the works of your hands." Yeah. Well, if we don't even understand the fact that we have been given dominion, like what what are we supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? Right. And the order to everything falls in line. It doesn't make man better than woman. 
men and women are equal, but we have different roles, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like understanding that there is a role for each and every one of us to play mm -hmm. and to play that role and to do the things that we are called to do the best that we possibly can. So um, when we talk about that, you want to just get into a little bit of what you guys are doing with the, um, the, the, uh, it's, it's like a conference. Right? I hate to use words like conference cause it makes it sound yeah. way too relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> I even say on the, on the website, uh, if you want to go check it out, you can, it's just freemenforge.com, F R E E M E N forge, F O R G E.com. And I'll put, I'm going to put everything in the, in the yeah. description, I'll put links and everything like that. So you awesome. can go check it out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so it, it actually says on the site, this is no church retreat because I don't want guys getting the idea that, you know, we're holding hands and humming while, Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not what this is. You know, what I wanted to do back in 2020, I'll back up a little bit is yeah. in 2020, when I made this decision, maybe some of it was selfish. <laughs> My wife accuses me <laughs> in, a, in a joking way. She goes, you just wanted to coach guys so you could have more male friends and go shoot guns, smoke cigars, and go <laughs> hang out in the woods, right? And I was like, exactly. <laughs> but that's probably where a big part of this came from was my, my own pain. Like I said, you find your purpose mm. in your pain. Mm. I, was, I felt alone for the greater part of 20 years because mm. it's not that there's not people around. It's not that there's not believers around or people that claim to be. It's that – I need people who are as devoted and committed to their convictions as I am to walk the path with. And there are certain levels of compromise, you know, I, I'm not willing to play with. You said it yourself. We've tolerated and we, we get yeah. what we tolerate. We'll get more of it. And exactly. we deserve what we tolerate. And, and tolerance is really overrated. And, um, and we've allowed so much to happen. But um, anyway, going back to your question, the event and how we got there. So 2020, yeah. you know, I was I was in that place of. There are no men around. Where, where is this going on? Then the marches started in the early summer. Yeah. So I, I had a building that was at the epicenter of the march, grabbed my ammo and rifle, went down to my building and stood inside in the middle of this thing. I'm, I mean, it was scary. You've been to a sports stadium. You've heard the electricity and felt the electricity in the air when a guy's running for a touchdown and you can cut that thickness with a knife. And I was in the middle of that thing and you could smell, I mean, just the demonic coming out of people, the, yeah. the anger, the destruction, the, the and and very much directed a lot of it at me. And I sat there and I'm just going, there is no way I'm raising my kids here. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to participate with this. And not only that, but what are the men going to be like in 10 years when my daughters are ready to find men? Mm. This is this is not where I'm going to find them. So I mm. called up my wife. I said, we're leaving. Um, and she could hear what's going on in the back. I said, what's going on? I said, well, we're packing up and leaving. So in under five weeks, we threw everything on you know, offer up Facebook Marketplace, garage sales, and we sold everything we owned out of our driveway. Over the course of five weeks, I sold my home on a handshake, the first showing, and uh, followed up with the paperwork later. Bought a truck and a trailer, and we hit the road and left the state as soon as we could. And we literally drove around the country for a year and a half, just looking for what felt like home and trying wow. to find essentially our tribe. But you know, it, I was just—it was the most lonely time of my life which is a benefit in one sense because it enabled me to really go deep and, and get with God and go, what am I supposed to do? I need to shape my life. I need to hear from you. But in the meantime, I was meeting all these really cool people on the road who were kind of, a lot of people were doing the same thing. It was crazy. I thought I'd be one of the few, but there were tons of people doing that. Yeah. And uh, every single man that I talked to over the course of that year and a half was going, I'm lonely. I have no mm. other men around me. I don't know how to find other men like me. There are plenty of people who say they believe in Christ, but there's not many men that I would consider strong men that I would be willing to stand by when the stuff really hits the fan. Right. And so, you know, I was coaching guys at the time. Uh, I started immediately working with men because I knew that's what I was called to. I started coaching on their lives, businesses, marriages. But then I was sitting there going, I still feel alone. How, how can I do something different? And so I knew that I had to do something that connected these re connected these relationships, connected these strong men, connected these, for lack of a better term that we coined, is ungovernable men, yeah. men who are submitted to Christ and principle, but are unwilling to submit to anything other than that. Not going to be shaken. Not going to be shaken, man. Yeah. And you yeah. have to walk out what you believe on the inside, on the outside. And so a lot of what people were doing on the outside told me what was on the inside. And so I said, great, let's do it. And so I started making a list of men that I really wanted in my circle and in my life that mm. were kind of standing mm. up for themselves all through 2020 and 2021 going, I want these men in my life. I want these men in my circle. And oh, so wow. I started to create these relational connections. 
and just sharing my vision with them and going, guys, I want to do something where we connect these men and we train them and teach them on a much larger scale. I can do one-on-one -on -one and I can absolutely have impact in your life. You'll make a lot more money. Your marriage will be great. But does that connect you into the relationships that you need to be doing life with and shaping the future with? Mm. And I want to be side by side with men that understand that we must impose our values on the world around us because if we don't, someone else will. Yeah. And so we decided we know what we're going to do. We're just going to start a, an event that we're going to do state by state. And this is our inaugural event. So it's up in the mountains in Gatlinburg, Tennessee right up against the Smoky Mountain National Park. And we can actually walk into the park from this facility. It's really cool. But awesome. we are flying in and driving in a ton of amazing trainers, coaches, speakers, experts in their field. And we are covering everything that we can possibly think of on how to shape men and how to help father them so that when they walk out, they walk out with the skills and the knowledge to go, I know exactly what to do next. I know how to do it, and I'm tied into a community that will actually hold me to that higher standard and help me achieve it. And so we have rented out multiple facilities up there. We've got training on spiritual warfare to begin with. We start on the inside. We work our way out. We've got somebody speaking on a homeschool expert speaking on home education resources and telling you exactly how to take your kids out of the public school system. That's a huge passion of mine. I'm actually opening up a homeschool academy downtown in the city where we that. are. But yeah. it is a huge – I want to level the public school system if I can. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and not only that, but I want to drive children back to their parents as a side note. But we've got a teaching on men's hormones and women's hormones so that you can understand how to relate to your wife better and why she is the way she is, why you're behaving the way you are. We've got firearm training. We've got pistol course. We've got a rifle course. We even built a shoot house with multiple doors, hallways, and rooms so guys can learn to clear a home. we got Navy SEALs coming in to teach us. You know, we've got tons of incredible trainers. We've got a Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert. He's a third-degree guy out of North Carolina, got his third degree in, in, in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is just about unheard of. He's bringing in mats. He's teaching a course called Practical Violence to teach guys how to fight and wrestle. You can sign yeah. up to fight other guys. We've got hikes, log carries, ice baths. We've got a course called Wealth Warfare. And that's another huge thing. Another thing I'm absolutely big on is teaching men about their money. You cannot win battles. You cannot have impact without war chests. And too many people have abdicated responsibility for their money, their job, their income. They want to give their family more. And so all of that. Oh, by the way, award-winning catering from a, an award-winning chef out of Knoxville who's doing an, an, an animal-based menu. There's not a single GMO or seed oil on site the entire weekend. And so we have put together an incredible experience for people. Um, there's VIP tickets that will even get you access to a hotel the night before the event. And you get to play with flamethrowers and machine guns at the, at the firing range that we lined up. So we have created a weekend to help touch you in every possible way that we can think of to help you become the protector, provider, leader, and entrepreneur you need to be in order to shape the future and write history. Yeah. There are two things that, that you said that really stood out to me. One was how you talked about if this was kind of created in isolation. Yeah. And a lot of people feel like when they're in times of alone and they're in times of I'm reaching out to people, I'm not hearing anything back. I, I'm not being able to make connections with people that I used to be able to, you know, be able to pick up the phone and have a conversation with or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was going through that a while back and, and I was like really praying to God. I'm like, what's going on in this moment? Why, why am I feeling so alone? Why am I feeling like it's just me on an island? And through that, through deepening my relationship with him, it just the thing that stood out to me was isolation leads to growth. So we feel like isolation is just something that it's some kind of like just this dark place that it's meant to just keep you in for a while or whatever. You know, that's what the world puts on you. Like, no, you're, there's just something wrong with you, but well, no, it's, you got to figure some things out while you're in there and see, okay, what's God trying to tell me? Because maybe I couldn't hear him because of the noise of people around me. So mm -hmm. I needed to be isolated in this moment to understand where he's taking me. So was there, was there a specific moment that you can remember that when you were in that isolation, that there was just like, oh, this is what, this is why I'm going through this period of being alone. Was there a moment like that? There were hundreds of them. I, I yeah. mean, really, I, I was one of those people who I was a fast mover. I just got moving. Yeah. You know, it was like start a business, do the next thing, do the next thing. I've always been somebody who's not good at saying no. I have way too many things on my list, way too many plates in the air. And I felt like it was a time of stripping down where God was not only trying to remove the distractions, but he was trying to break me down and get me to a place of submission where I understood mm. that 
my calling depended upon my obedience. You know, faith and obedience go together. And right. I had to get to that place where I had lived my life. And, I, and again, I was a casualty of this whole feminism movement and really this, the spirit behind it that's the more important thing. You know, where it's like we just do what we're told. We follow the rules. Oh, you're supposed to go to a university and then you get a job and then you stay at the job for 30 years. And kind of the nice guy thing where you just take what is given to you. And, and I, look, I just got to say yeah. this real quick. But that's what really frustrates me. I've been talking to my wife about this a lot. And, and it kills me that if you do anything outside of the things that you're listing right now, if you're if you take your vision, you take your thoughts, you take your goals outside of the box that society says that, no, this is where you're supposed to live. You're automatically assumed like you're crazy or you're out there or you're a conspiracy theorist or all these things. And it's like, well, no, maybe the scales are removed from my eyes that I'm just not following what you're telling me I need to do, which ultimately is more than likely going to lead me to nothing and nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just had to get that out. Right? But yeah, I, just, no, I love the meme that says, you know, you know, homeschool your kids. What will you know, they'll never fit in. And then it shows a picture of the kid who's been raised by the public school system with the stuff just that think, he has to say. But and just think like, about that too. Yeah. I don't want them to fit in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just think about that too. If you're, if your mom, and, and your dad didn't decide, yeah. you know, we're going to homeschool you. These things that you're doing right now would not be happening. 100%, you know, so, man. so it's just the, the impact that each and every one of our yes has on people around us is yeah. so incredible and can be used in such a mighty and strong way. Just, I mean, you could just look and see the things that you're doing right now. Had your parents just stuck you in that cubicle of the private, you know, I mean, the public sure. school to be in there with everybody else. These things more than likely would not be happening, would you say? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, the greatest law of the universe is sowing and reaping. Everything, every yep, every yep. word, every thought, every moment, you're planting something in the soil. By the way, if you have not heard, it's I, I, you got to go listen to it. But if you've not listened to Earl Nightingale, go YouTube this, Earl Nightingale, Strangest Secret. And he yeah. talks about the planting of seeds in the soil of the mind. And it's very powerful for your entire life. But, you know, my, my parents saw generationally. And they decided, no, I understand what's down the line. I've got to give of myself now. And they wrote history without even realizing what they were doing in many ways because of what they did in my life is now going to allow me to touch a couple hundred men up in the mountains and, and change their lives. And it's going to change their, their kids' lives and 100%, man. But going back to that thing of, of being the weirdo or being the outcast, this is where Christians have lost it. And this is where, in many ways, the Western church has lost it. Um, I'll, I'll be one of the first people to say, I don't think that everybody's evil. I don't necessarily think the church is evil. I'm not huge on the Western model of the church for a couple of reasons. But one of them being, I see a lot of, of churches capitulating to what society is saying is normal. And they're afraid of being told that they're weird or out of the box. And so, in my opinion, I'm seeing, uh, honestly, a lot of this thing of weak men being produced in our society, especially believing men, is the fault of the institution of the traditional church in many ways. And so you're seeing people capitulate, whereas in reality, we should be embracing that if we are different and if we are in this world and not of it, and if we are supposed to be called out and holy, then there's going to be something that's going to hurt in the natural from that. This life is not about fitting in. It's about making sure that you don't fit in by being obedient to the voice of God inside you. And so, man, I had to get to that point. And that's what I was saying is that that whole nice guy thing of, man, yeah. I can't, I can't rock the boat. I'm just going to be nice. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to get along, you know, we're going to communicate in this way. I'll just keep my mouth shut about my beliefs. Man, I did that for 10 years. I was yeah. in the music business for 10 years. Never said anything about what I believe. Cause it's like, man, just do the business. You're going to get burned. All your money's going to get taken. It's like that moment of isolation got me to that point where God spoke to me so strongly. It was an incredible opportunity to be ripped down to the studs in what I believed, what I believed about myself and the world, and about who I wanted to be in the future. And it's like God helped paint this picture of you. This is you. This is where you stand now. This is who you are. This is who you're called to be. Now it's time to go and be that. And it was a major life hack, by the way, to get out of my hometown and go through that because nobody knew me. So I wasn't, I wasn't having weird expectations on my old relationships that were trying to keep me where I was. It was like God put me in the wilderness so that he could change me so that then when I came out of it, I was able to change the world because I had transformed as an individual. So, yeah, I mean, you need the isolation. You need yeah. to stop being so busy. 
And mm -hmm. you need to stop abdicating the voice of God to everybody else, podcasts, books, pastors, whoever. It's nobody's responsibility to hear the voice of God in your life except for you. Mm. I've had so many people tell me, Gabe, you're nuts. That God would never tell you that. And I go, you know what? You need to remember who one of the greatest prophets of Israel ever was. It was Samuel. Samuel heard the voice of God in the night. Eli did not. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. so it, it yep. paints a really clear picture of you can even mm. have people who are believers and maybe God told them something different. But you cannot tell me that God did not tell me that short of it violating who God is and who he's shown himself yeah. to be since the beginning of time. You got to listen to the voice of God yourself and you must obey. Yeah, that's uh, crazy that you said that story. We were li we literally read that story with our kids last night before they went to bed. Yeah, story of Samuel and and Eli not hearing, you know, the voice. It's that, that's what you got to understand, too, that and you can't get mad. I've talked about it on here before, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, yeah, you can't get mad at the people around you that don't see the vision because the vision is, it's not their vision. God yes. gave you a specific vision for you to accomplish. So you can't get mad at somebody else and be like, how do you not see this? It's so clear that this is what God is doing in my life. Mm. Well, it's not their vision to see. Maybe they'll see it a couple of years down the road, but it's up to you to say, okay, it doesn't really matter what anybody else is doing around me. I know what God has told me to do. So yes. I'm going to take a step toward that. Like it says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Mm -hmm. And then also says in James, Humble yourself before God and he will exalt you in due time. So yes. it's just that humbling to him and saying, okay, God, I know that you have called me to do this. What step do I need to take today? And yeah. so like for somebody that's listening to this conversation right now, they say, and they, they're like, well, maybe I've been kind of a weaker man. I'm, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to say, maybe I've been a little bit of a weaker man in whatever area. And I want to do these things. I want to change the world in some way, but I don't know how, what would you, what would your advice be for them? Like what, what would be their first step? I mean, the first step is, is getting vision, and but that's got to come from God. I think uh, if you cannot hear from God for yourself, then it doesn't matter all the other things you do, right? I mean, you yeah. can get some guidance to maybe help you get there. Like I didn't have exceedingly clear vision when I found someone to work with, when I found the coach that I was needing to work with, because sometimes forward movement brings clarity, right? And, and it forced me to really listen on the inside and, and identify what that calling and that vision was. But if I could point you to a beginning starting point, even if you didn't have to work with anybody is one, you have to start with vision. The scripture says without vision, people perish. That's it. They, th there's a dying inside that happens when you don't have a vision for a brighter future and you don't have a vision for, for what God wants to do in your life and through your life. So you've got to have vision. If you don't have it, ask God for it. And if you can't find it, Commit to somebody to help you find it, but commit to listening to that voice inside and, and what you were saying. I've gotten to that place in my life where I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think. I love you. I think you're cool, Donovan, but I don't care what you think. I don't yeah. care what you say. I that have one voice to listen to. I have one voice that I need to hear approval from. And sometimes, honestly, that's going to piss off certain people. And they're going to say, yeah, you're a lone ranger. Okay. You know, but bottom line is this is the voice. And let, let's say I make a mistake. Is God more concerned with the mistake or my heart of my heart and my obedient action based on the faith that I have that he told me to do that? I think God's looking for a pure heart and a willing heart. Doesn't mean you won't screw up along the way, but absolutely. God wants me to be obedient and know that I'm doing my best to be obedient to his voice, no matter what anybody says. And even very good and well-meaning people can sometimes be used to try to derail what God is trying to tell you. Just because somebody hears from God and is filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that they can't operate in a strange way sometimes that might be used to try to distract you from what God told you to do. Do not listen to people. Listen to the voice of God yeah. and be sensitive to it. But I would say, one, start with vision. Two, find a father. I think it's one of the most important things that you can do in your life, whether you've got a good dad or not. At some level, you're going to hit the ceiling of what your dad can teach you. You need somebody to help walk you through. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's a pastor. Sometimes it's not. I, I'm a big fan of paying somebody to help father me because then you care. I mean, how many times have you – and that's really – that's why I charge what I charge to coach guys in their lives because if I don't charge something, it's not valuable to them, and they won't pay attention anyway, and they won't do the work. So right. you know, get a vision. Find a father. Three, find a brotherhood. We were not meant to be alone from the very beginning of time. You know, Adam needed his, his, his helper. He needed his rib. And, and that's what God gave him. But there's something incredibly important about other men holding you to a higher standard that will cause you to raise yours. And we've seen it if you've done athletics at all. 
you can play with the JV team all day, and but all of a sudden the varsity kids will have an opening on the court. They need an extra. You go play with them. It's amazing how quickly you will get better by putting yourself around people that will force you to get better. Exactly. And you got to be around people that are going to make you elevate. You're the average that you know. Every self development book just about that you that I've got on my bookshelf over here talks about you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around. Who are you yeah. around? What kind of men are influencing your life? What, what do they dress like? What do they talk like? What do they act like? What's their relationship with their wife and children like? How much money do they make? You're broke. You're hanging around broke people. <laughs> you're, you're ignorant. You're hanging around dumb people. It's just mm -hmm. the reality. Whatever, you, whatever environment you're putting yourself in, you are going to acclimate to. So vision, father, community. But then I think finally it's irrevocable commitment. And that's where faith comes in. Faith is outside of what you believe to be possible every single time. All of it. That's why it's called faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, for things unseen, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a vision that has only been painted to you that no one else can see, and there's no earthly evidence to show you that it's true or can happen whatsoever. That is called faith. And when you act on that faith, that's you showing that you have faith. It's that you actually believe that God gave it to you, and it's possible. So I think the irrevocable decision for me, it was I needed to hire somebody at an amount of money. I thought I was going like, how am I ever going to do this? And I had to take a leap. For me, I'm operating in faith right now with this men's event going, I believe that God gave me this picture. So I'm going. This is an exercise in faith. Dude, the, the, the 150 grand has already been spent. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you just got to make it happen or God's got to help you make it happen. That, that's, that's all there is. The, the, yeah. the places are rented. The food is bought. Now it's about putting the bodies in there that need to be there and finding the right men. And so if you want to increase your faith, you're going to have to constantly operate in a place of human fear because that's where God operates. It's helping you get to the end of you. And that's the whole thing. You know, we're going, well, I could never do that. You're right. That's why you're being asked to do it because you need to let go of what you can do and you need to allow God to do what he wants to do. Yeah, that's good. When you talk about, you, you're a product of the people that you hang around with. You're a product of the five people that you hang around with most. If you hang around with successful people, you're going to be successful. If you hang around with turds, you're going to be a turd. <laughs> I, and, and the thing about it too is when when you're around those people that and seek seek people that are better than you at what what you're trying to accomplish. You know, um, this is a much smaller scale, but it just came into my mind whenever you said it. Um, I was always, and I know you said something about basketball earlier. I didn't know you were a basketball coach. That's I was my always, sport, man. That was, that was my dream. I, w I wanted to play in the NBA whenever I was growing up. And um, I remember when I was in uh, fifth grade going into sixth grade, yeah. um, I, one, of the, one of my friends who was a grade above me, he played AAU basketball. Yeah. And he was like, you know, you want to play on my team, but, you know, everybody was a year older than me. So going in there, I'm smaller than everybody, you know, you know, these guys are going into seventh grade. I'm going into sixth grade. So they're, some of them are going through, you know, different changes in their lives, you know, getting bigger and stronger and taller. So yeah. everybody was bigger than me. Everybody was faster than me. Everybody was better than me. And just going at it with them all summer long, I didn't realize how much better it made me in that moment because I'm just <laughs> trying to catch up with what they're doing. But then the next season came along and when it was time for me to play with the sixth graders, mm -hmm. the, the, my age group, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just telling you what it was. I was head and shoulders above what everybody else was Yeah. because you put in the work during the summer, you put in the work in the off season with people that were better than you. And then mm -hmm. when you get around everybody else, you're like, I didn't think it was going to be this easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you've already prepared, you've already leveled up in your own skill set. So when you get around those other people, you're like, this isn't yeah. even, you know, there's no competition here. Yeah. And there's a unique way to look at that too. It's not just about leveling up you chose the next level of humility. Mm. You know, it's a very unique way to look at it, but it's like, I chose to be the dumbest in the room again. Yeah. And now when it's time for me to grow, now it's time for me to be the dumbest in the next room or the poorest in the next room. It's a, a continual leveling up of your willingness to be humbled and to grow. And that's, that's how we grow. It's being humbled. It's being put again, you know, put up against things, situations, people, skill sets, and problems that we've never had to deal with before. But that's that's where I think, you know, give keep giving yourself to the faith, keep giving yourself to the belief, keep giving yourself to hearing that small voice inside and the demand will grow. But you'll find how much your confidence in God grows with it. It's crazy to watch. But, man, I'm, I'm telling you, my life has changed be, because I've learned to let every decision I make 
and everything that I'm doing be dictated by God. I've thrown off the opinions of men. I've gotten to the point where it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't hurt me anymore because my focus is on him. And it's a very unique place to be. But you also become a very dangerous individual when that takes place because you cannot be controlled by earthly means. And so, you know, God favors you. But I saw an interview with Mike Tyson the other day. He said, when God favors you, he said, the devil favors you, too. He wants to hurt Mm -hmm. you bad. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's why we continue to have to put ourselves around people who are going to help us stay where we need to stay from a spiritual standpoint. That's got to be the most important thing uh, above all of this. And your outer world is completely dictated by your inner world. The fruit of your life starts here, starts here, starts deep inside, and everything around you plays off of who you are on the inside and what God is doing in you, what he set you free from. Learn to hear that voice of God. It'll change your world. Absolutely. I heard somebody say this a while back that um, somebody told them, this might offend you what I'm going to say. And then they went ahead and said whatever it was that said whatever they were going to say. And then the person said back to him, I'm a Christian. So whatever you're saying, it's not offending me because I don't, I really don't care what you're, what you have to say because ultimately my value and my worth doesn't hinge on what you think about me. It just solely hinges on what God says about me. And he says, I love you enough that I'm sending my one and only son to die for you. So it's just that when you are um, grounded and rooted in the faith, like you're saying, it's not going to matter what, what people say about yeah. you. You're not going to be offended. Like you said, just yeah. echoing what you said, but it's just because all that's going to matter is what does God think about me? And I don't yeah. want to let God down. I don't want to, you know, there's a verse in revelation that talks about how Jesus says, uh, tells John, um, I have this against you that you have uh, fallen out of love with your first love. Yeah. And, you know, basically it, it's talking about, you know, if you don't get back to where you have me first, get back to where you were at the beginning when you were just striving after me, I'm going to remove my lampstand from you. And yeah. I don't want God to remove the calling that he has on my life. You know what I'm saying? Because God's will is going to be done no matter what. God doesn't have to have you. He has a purpose for you, but if you're not going to do it, He's just going to go to the next guy. I've said that about this podcast. Like, I feel like I'm like seventh or eighth guy on the roster. Like there was a a specific person or a specific group that needed what was said, but they weren't willing to do it. And then God said, okay, I'm going to the next guy. Well, then that guy says, well, I'm too busy, this and that. And then it gets down to me. And then I'm like, God, I'll do whatever you're calling me to do. You know what I'm saying? His will will be done, whether you do it or not. No matter what. Yeah. So you want to be yeah. used. You want to have an amazing story. You want to you want to live a life worth living. You want to do something really, really cool. It's just obey the voice, obey yeah. the voice. And I know I keep harping mm-hmm. on it. It just seems to be the theme of the day. But that's what you have to give yourself to. You've got to know in your knower what you are made for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to be respectful of your time. This flew by. We're gonna, <laughs> we, we'll, I'm going to have to get have to get you back on sometime soon. For real. I'd this love it, been, man. It's been this a lot cool. of fun. Yeah, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So uh, you want to give the people, and like I said, I'm going to put everything in the uh, in the yeah. show notes, in the description on YouTube and everything like that, yeah. the links and everything to make it as easy for people to check out as possible. But you want to yeah. kind of lay out the dates and everything like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Go go check it out, freemenforge.com. It's actually two words, freemenforge.com. Go look up the word. It's a plural, a very old world or an, a very old word we haven't used in a long time in our society. But Go check that out. Everything's there on the landing page, all the ticket prices, everything that's included, who's speaking, who's sharing. we got more people we haven't even announced yet. So go check that out. If you want to see information on Instagram, I'm on the gram. A lot of my socials got wiped in 2020, so that's pretty much where we do a lot of our stuff. So if you're on Instagram, it's just at Freeman Forge. If you want to email us, it's contact at FreemanForge.com. You can find me at Instagram on at Forger of Men. And uh, that's kind of the job title I gave myself. <laughs> I just thought it was fun to kind of operate, put that on the business card. And so they can find me there. I'm, I'm very open. Uh, look, I'm very accessible. I want to communicate with as many people as possible. If you can't tell, I love relationships. That's why I do yeah. what I do. I, I really just want more friends and want more men to shape the world with. And so reach out to me there. As far as um, actually specials, I know that we gave you a discount code yeah. for all your listeners you guys can get 250 bucks off of a standard ticket through your podcast and your link all the way up until the event is sold out. And I have faith that it will be selling out, especially with what we're seeing over the past week. But then the day that this podcast launches, 
you actually have a discount code that will be in effect for that day that'll take $500 off of that single buyer ticket on the uh, on the standard access. And I think your code is ACT250 for the 250 yes, off and ACT500, AC, well, capital ACT500 for 500 bucks off. Come out and see us. You know, if, if you see the video on that site and it resonates in your heart, this is not just an experience. I had somebody the other day say, man, I can't afford a retreat right now. And I was like, hold on a second. One, you need to recognize that this is not a retreat. It's not a vacation. This is a an intense training time to help men walk out with the tools and relationships they need to quite literally impose their will and values upon the world. And so this is not this is not that. But secondly, this is an investment. I can't count how many guys who I've heard from over the last few years go, where are the men like me who want to hear from God and, and be tied in with other men of a similar DNA cut from the same cloth? That's the room to be in. Relationships are doors to entirely new worlds. This conversation is going to open up crazy doors for me and you. We haven't even seen them yet. Yeah. Go get there. Get in the room. Learn things that will change the trajectory of your life forever. Get in that room. So. Um, yeah, y'all go check him out. Like I said before, I'm going to put all the links and everything, make it real easy for you guys to check out. Reach out to Gabe if you have any questions or you can reach out to me, I'll, but I'll just point you to Gabe. But um, I, I've, I've started this new thing a couple episodes ago where anytime I have a guest, um, I give them the kind of the last word, kind of an opportunity um, because I know each and every one of us are at a different walk in our life, a different point in our yeah. life. Um, spiritually. So is there anything, and if not, I can just take this part out. Is there anything um, in your life personally right now, maybe spiritually that the Lord is working on you about or something that you're kind of growing in a way or yeah. going through um, that you'd be willing to share? Yeah. And I was thinking about it today when I was talking with somebody, actually, we were talking about how many men that are in that that category, we go, who are the strong men? Who are the men who are willing to stand upon their convictions through conflict through a lot of uncomfortability, they're willing to put up with that. Like a lot of us start that and we kind of jump into this place of anger. Mm. We jump into this place of I'm fighting evil. And I was, it, you know, I was really impacted just reading the scripture about Jesus recently, just uh, and, and looking at the theme of his life. His focus was not about coming in and physically destroying evil or even addressing it or attacking it. He addressed it when it was there, right? But he didn't go around looking for evil to go do battle with one-on-one -on -one and face off with. He focused on building something so amazing that it could not be denied that it was of God and it attracted people to him. We fight for the good by listening to the voice to build something incredibly good. When we focus on attacking the bad, now we're just in a place of not love. We're not helping. And quite honestly, I, I say it feeling somewhat guilty at the beginning of this, this journey in me that really – took shape in 2020, the beginning of it was like, how dare you capitulate? How dare you behave like this? I'm angry at you guys. I, we need men with a pair between them. You know, it's great. I, I think all those things are true, but it was not coming from a heart of compassion to recognize even if these guys wanted to fight for themselves, they wouldn't know how. Mm. And God had to break me and go, these men haven't been fathered. They haven't been taught. Look at your life. Look at what you've been raised in, what your version of normal is. These guys have no clue. They haven't been taught yeah, this. You have something unique to give them. And that's when I recognized it's not about fighting the bad. It's about building and curating the good. And so go do it, man. Um, seek God. Identify what the world needs most. Pay attention to your pain because you'll find your purpose there. Purpose isn't discovered. It's determined. And then, you know, finally, I, I wrote down here, recognize your time is short. I love mm -hmm. the phrase, the human experience. And, and we need to get more used to that. You are not your body. This is nothing but a tool that you rock around in for God bless you if you make it 80 years. That's it, man. This is a tool. Take care of it. But recognize that this world isn't real. You are plugged into the matrix, man, for real. You're a spirit that's been plugged in. Leave it on the field. There is yeah. nothing here worth holding on to to keep you from grabbing hold of the glory of God. Don't trade it yeah. for a lie. That's good. That's good. And I, I can't think of a better way to end it. So, um, yeah, I just, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. I know we went probably a little bit longer than, uh, <laughs> we Dude, I'm having fun. Out, but... <laughs> you no complaints <laughs> out of me. Having fun. But yeah, I pre I appreciate your time. And like I said, y'all go check him out. He's doing really great stuff. Really. Like I said, just in the short time that he's known me or that I've known him, um, he's already poured into my life in a way that 
I'm very, very thankful for. So I know that um, my story is not unique because I know he can do the same thing for you. I know the Lord put him in these positions and he will continue to do that because you could just tell by his heart, the way that he's going at these things um, that the Lord is just going to allow him to, to speak over many people and speak to many people and to, to bless. And that doesn't have any, you know, and, and I know you'll agree with this. doesn't have anything to do with you. doesn't have anything to do with the person and that all it has to do is your yes to God. And then God says, okay, I'm going to use you. I'm going to work yeah. in and around you and through you to get my will done. And you're um, being obedient to that. So I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing and um, the way that you are just trying to pour into yeah. men to become better men. So I appreciate what you're doing. Likewise, man. Let's just, I think that's the vision is there's, there's plenty of success for everybody to go around there. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not about brands. It's not personalities. It's not your kingdom and my kingdom. It's about us giving up everything and going, what is the mission moving forward? So let's lock shields, man, link arms. Yes, let's, let's do this thing together. That's what this is about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy. I don't know how you couldn't have enjoyed this, this conversation. Like I said, y'all going to see this man on here again. Uh, hopefully very soon. Um, but yeah, with all that being said, thank you guys for tuning in. God bless you guys. Same time next week. All right, man. That was that fun. Was awesome. That went way yeah, too quick. Good. I can't believe we just did 59 no, minutes. Up.